Swameva Mata Tepita Swameva Swameva Bandhu Tesaka Swameva Swameva Vidya Dravinam Swameva Swameva Saravam Mamodeva Deva I bow to that infinite one who is in everything and in you and in all. That one reality is ignored by most people. And the strange thing is that because that reality is not a separate, um, not separate from any reality really, it is just a state of consciousness. There are many, many states of consciousness. And each, con each state of consciousness is like a vortex of energy each vortex of energy and consciousness has its own reality. And so many people, for example, doubt God and think that uh, um, because of their doubt, therefore they alienate themselves from God, therefore that draws them further and further away from God. You can't get away from God, really, but you think you displease Him, therefore somehow you become all the more involved in your rejection of him. And you think, of course, because of that consciousness that he, as you don't like him, he doesn't like you. As you hate him, he hates you. As you are indifferent to him, he's indifferent to you. And so you, be, you, you make God, in a very real sense, well, real to you, a mirror of your own consciousness. Each one does that. It's not something we can even avoid, because it's the nature of consciousness itself. It's so interesting, because, you see, whatever state of consciousness you get into, don't forget that it is just a vortex, but it draws to itself its own. And so, whatever you think, everything seems to um, reinforce that illusion. But God is always there, and in himself, there are two ways to understand that, apart from meditating and feeling and realizing, experiencing his presence in yourself, is first to read the scriptures and see the Bhagavad Gita more perhaps than, more clearly I should say, than any other scripture, describes the impartiality with which he loves all. He, he's like the thread on a pearl necklace going through everything, but not identified with anything. Another very helpful way is to mix with those who know him. Mix with the saints. This is what I discovered when I met my guru. I found that in him, he made God real to me in that vast, impersonal, and yet personal reality. You see, God is impersonal in himself in the sense that he doesn't want anything from us. He has no desires, but he's very personal in the sense that he is also, he has become us. And so in us, he's personal. And he feels our suffering, not as his own, but as ours. He feels our longing, not as his own, but as ours. And so... In that sense, God is very deeply concerned for each one of us because bliss wants itself. And when it sees this 
lack of bliss in people because of their pettiness, their meanness, their worldliness, their preoccupation with things. Naturally, that bliss wants to draw it, and that wish to draw human consciousness out of its misery into itself is what we call compassion. There's a beautiful passage in Autobiography of a Yogi. I mean, not. It was. It's in conversations with Yogananda, and of course, Yogananda authored Autobiography of a Yogi. In saying, uh, number one forty-seven. During the last days of the master's life, Benoy R. Shen, the ambassador from India, visited him at Mount Washington. A certain man, prominent in the Indian community of Los Angeles, arrived with the ambassador's entourage. For many years, this man had spoken against the master. When the master saw him among the guests, he made it a point of saying to him quietly, when out of earshot of the others, Remember, I will always love you. Why don't we work together? A disciple of the Master's happened to be standing close by and overheard these words. It turned out also that this moment was captured on film by a photographer. One wonders whether, whether this wasn't for that man a very poignant moment. He is shown gazing at the Master. In his eyes are a mixture of surprise and wonder. I wonder if that moment didn't change that man's life. In fact, I wrote a play, The Jewel in the Lotus, it was called, a one-act play about sort of fantasizing and thinking of that man as having had his life changed at that moment by that love. Because you see, I've experienced that love. I didn't have to have that kind of darkness overcome with love, but certainly we all have darkness. I had mine too. The darkness of ignorance, the darkness of intellectual pride, the need for God, which had, was so deep and desperate in me, all of these, that love was so powerful. It was really, it was not an expression in the eyes, this we can imagine, but it was an actual power that radiating radiated not only from his eyes, but from his entire being, you would really sometimes in his presence feel um, overwhelmed to tears with such love. That is the power that changes people. When you feel that love, you want to be worthy of it. When you feel that love, you understand that there is no other happiness in the world except love. When people treat you harshly, remember this truth. Why be bitter? Bitterness promotes suffering. Love promotes happiness. When you can love others, no matter how they treat you, it doesn't matter. Think of it as pure selfishness, if you like, that for your own sake love others, because you are happier when you love, and you are unhappy if you don't love. So in this way, God loves us. He gives us every incentive to love him and to love others. And why are we happier when we love? 
because we're in tune with ourselves. Somebody asked me recently, what is bliss? You know, you don't need to define bliss. Bliss is that which you find within yourself when you get rid of all other definitions. You don't have to define it. You don't have to say, all right, now I've got it. When you feel joy in your meditations, you don't feel like whipping out a notebook and taking notes. Like, well, now how did I do that one? You just suddenly say, oh, this is what I am. That's why in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, it speaks of divine awakening as vritti, memory. You suddenly remember that's who you are. This is your native state. It isn't something foreign to you. Everything else is foreign, but that love and that bliss is not foreign. God chases after you, you might say, saying, can't you look, just remember who you are a little bit. Remember my love for you. Remember that you were made out of that love. Don't waste your time wandering in delusion. Don't waste yourself just going into these fogs of suffering and misery and pain. They're all just illusory. They're very real. They, while you're dreaming them, just as pain in a dream is real while you're, while you're asleep. But when you wake up, you realize, oh, oh, it was just, I was just dreaming. That's how it is when you have the experience of God's presence. And how do you find it? By listening. Listening to that inner self. Listen to the one quiet, still voice within you. That love is always there. And when you are out of tune with it, you suffer. And you know what that suffering really is? It's that divine voice within yourself saying, why are you misbehaving? Why have you not understood? There is a dissatisfaction in yourself because you've understood that, or your soul is trying to make you understand, that you're getting away from your own self. When you're angry against somebody else, you're the one who suffers more than he. The angry person, the jealous person, the hateful person, these produce suffering in people. And you know, it's so sad to see, first of all, a nice, sweet, innocent child. And then gradually, as he grows older, not just the lines of age come into his face, but the lines of bitterness, disillusionment, broken dreams. None of them are needed. You can be as happy when you're an old person as the simplest child. If you can just keep that sweet innocence within yourself, well, you may say, but how can I trust life the way it treats me? Well, you can't. That's the answer. I remember I picked up an old, uh, well, not old, but um, middle-aged man on the highway once, and he had a hard luck story, and I wanted to help him out, so I did. And he told me, I, I'll be sure you get this money back, because I don't want you to lose your faith in human nature. I said, listen, if I'd had faith in human nature, I'd have lost it long ago. I don't have faith in human nature, I have faith in God. 
And in fact, he didn't pay me back, but it didn't matter to me. I knew the law. I knew that if I gave to him and didn't come from back from him, it would, it would come back, and it did a thousandfold. Remember that God is real. He's as much your friend as he is the friend of the greatest avatar who ever lived. God is our own, and he does care for us, but we have to live in him. If we, you know, if you're dancing in a room with your eyes shut and you hurt your shin on the furniture, you can't blame the uh, lack of light. You've got eyes, open them. And so with the, the spiritual truth, we blind ourselves to it by closing our eyes, by refusing to look at the higher reality. And then we say, God is so cruel. Don't blame God. Blame your own self. God is just impersonally, in that sense, sending out his rays like the moonlight. It shines on all equally. But if we close our eyes, we can't see it. That one light of God is always there. But we have to keep ourselves open to it. It isn't that God has favorites. It isn't that God gives his grace to some and withholds it from others. We hold ourselves back from that. We close ourselves off from it with ego. That one divine beloved is always whispering in your soul, calling to you, come within. Don't let your heart play the dancer of worldly desires. They never end in anything. And you know, the odd thing about it is that desire only sets up a condition on something you've got already. It says, I won't be happy until I get this or that or the other. One Indian told me in America years ago that he said, Americans are the most superstitious people in the world. They're so proud of not being superstitious, but look at them. They think that I can imagine a greater superstition than this, thinking that happiness can be found in inanimate objects. I thought that was a great thing to say. Don't think that you're going to find it by things. You set up a condition in your mind. You say, I won't be happy until I get this, that, or the other thing. And so you're not happy till you get it. And then when you get it, you remove that condition that says, I won't be, and so you're happy for a little bit. Why not be happy right now? You can be. Just realize that God is in you all the time. That's how you become a saint. Saints are not peculiar human beings. They're everybody. As my guru used to say, a saint is a sinner who never gave up. So listen to that call in your own self. This song is as if sung by God to the soul. May his joy be with you. For the light, for my 
Long your heart has played the dance, long you've toyed with merest shadows of the treasures left behind you. Deep in your soul, long you've plumbed the dark for answers, long you've begged from beggars empty hands gifts of life they too were seeking gifts none could share friend how long will you wander friend as long as you seek your home in a land where all are strange Craven life to the coward, leave his dreaming. Oh, my saint, wake up, reclaim the light, seek the truth behind all seeming. Leave to the weak his craven life to the coward, leave his dreaming. Oh, my saint, wake up. Reclaim the light, seek the truth behind all seeming. Turn, turn, turn within, in silence of soul, in cave of love, find my Yeah.